This is the Anthropology Podcast. I'm Bong. I'm here with Veda, and we're going to be in charge of this episode, and our focus will be Dr. Mikey Inton. I know we all just got back from Thanksgiving break. What did you do for the holiday? Did you eat good food and spend time with family? Mostly cleaning, you know? Didn't, honestly, I didn't really eat any turkey, and I think as Filipinos, we don't really, we don't really relate to the holiday as much as the rest of my friends, and Come to think of it, with all the colonialism and all, like, we kind of relate to it in all the wrong directions, all the wrong ways. Because, like, out of, out of a lot of other cultures, we're, like, the ones that, that know colonialism the worst, so. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Quick little history lesson. The Philippines was colonized three times in total, first by the Spanish then by the Japanese, then by America. It's a very colorful history. It's lovely. The effects of colonialism in the Philippines is actually a really important subject of Dr. Anton's work and its effect on modern Philippine society, especially around representations of LGBT Filipinos like, like us, but like on the mainland, most notably the baklas. And can you explain like what, what, what bakla is? Yeah, that word is like really um it's really unique and how complicated it is and it's like really kind of like an umbrella term you know some people say it's more of a sexuality some some people say it's more like a gender of its own and i think it's like used both ways so it's like kind of both but also neither but at the same time like it's kind of misunderstood and people don't really know the history behind it so it's become kind of like a slur like you know you don't just walk up to someone and call them a buck a buckla even if like they identified as such but like it's become like this stigmatized kind of thing yeah yeah like like when i was a kid like my grandma she would like make fun of me on my dad's side she'd like she'd she'd be like that one that's one bakla. <laughs> and everyone would be like no don't say that he's he's young but she would like no that little one's gay but it's kind of like it's kind of derogatory in the sense but also some people some people wear it as a role Dr. Intan identifies as a trans woman and bakla at the same time. She, she did her undergrad in communications, her master's in film studies, and her PhD in cultural studies. We found her work interesting because although she uses anthropological methods, she doesn't identify with an as an anthropologist. And she said some people in cultural studies try to distance themselves from anthropology due to its like history and origin. Yeah, and I think like, um, for one, it kind of says a lot about the way that anthropologists are like kind of perceived as like this kind of they're kind of like grouped in with the missionaries and all of that and it's like kind of weird in that respect like like what's this white guy doing in our land and whatnot but i think like um it also says something about how anthropology is kind of like an umbrella term all in and of itself like um i think like it has a lot of intersections with other disciplines and like pretty much any discipline that has remotely anything to do with being human, like has, is kind of a branch of anthropology themselves too. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a truly holistic study. And I, I think it, 
it encompasses so many social sciences. I think it's the best social science, but I might be a little biased. I don't know if whoever's listening is too. But it, it's, it gives you a really useful skill set that can be applied throughout different things in your life. Like you can use it to study film analysis and view the cultural practices that are shown or representations of such culture. It's, it's really cool. And can you tell us more about the representations of Bakla that Dr. Intan talks about in her work? I think a lot, like, from my understanding of her research into this, like, I think the big thing about the way that they're portrayed in film and in media in the Philippines is like there's this kind of like lower class kind of um, like backwards kind of figure. They're often used as like comic relief. They they are very like they draw on the stereotypes, not just in the Philippines, but also in the West of this kind of like twinky kind of uh like stereotypically gay man girl not the but... twinky <laughs> but but very true it's kind of useless it's like a it's like the most like to the gayest degree representation is what they show someone who's like super effeminate they cross dress they're you know gay as hell um and then she talks about she talks about how it's kind of it's it's kind of condescending in a way. I'm those are that's yeah. that's me paraphrasing. Those those are not her words. It's kind of condescending the portrayal that they have, and then also the fact that the Philippines is conservative in some ways, mostly because it's like a Roman Catholic nation. And prior to being colonized by Spain, the Philippines was a place with rich gender diversity and equity. There was a class of people known as the Babaylan, who were essentially shamans who held high rank in Filipino society, and they were specifically aligned with femininity and how femininity translates to the divine. And the yeah, and I think... Oh, sorry, now continue. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, a lot of that, like, that kind of exalted, that, like, exalted, like, status that these Babaylan had in the pre-colonial era kind of has to do a lot with the equity of the culture when it comes to gender norms and like back then before the colonial like before the spanish there was no concept of like one is like higher than the other or like and to the spanish they didn't really have a category for that kind of that kind of ideal so they thought it was like like a barbarian thing and they looked down on it. Yeah, I mean they had they had hierarchy, but there was between the gender they wasn't there there was no unequal status. Yeah. And for that reason they they used like they came there to spread their religion and their culture, so they used it to like kind of say, Oh, hey, this is sinful. This is like uh this was like anathema to our to our values so and what what we see as we like as we examine how the takeover happened like there was like a class difference in how one class adopted like the upper class adopted these new spanish values much quicker than the 
the working class who held on to this traditional view of like everyone is equal and yeah and that's actually that's actually a main focus on their like converting filipinos to catholicism is that they they would take the lower class of people who still went to the babaylan they were they were seen as like doctors nurses midwives all of that you know shaman all of the shablam but to get people to stop worshiping them and to let go of those ties to their culture they would um they would align them with the devil and catholicism so that's how we get the modern folklore of like the aswang or the mangkukulam and those are like folklores of like evil witches essentially who like come and suck your blood and steal your baby oh yeah but um they're kind of like demons kind of yeah essentially essentially and it's and it's you know it's how they took control over the society but it's also you can see throughout southeast asia there's a lot of different expressions of third gender identities yeah and like almost all of them have this kind of have this shared uh status of like in history of being this kind of exalted like position there they have this spiritual significance to the culture and then similarly when we see colonial forces take over like with the hijras in india they we see their position becoming relegated to like this marginalized kind of entity but at the same time like kind of still having like remnants of what they used to be like the attitudes that used to be prevalent in the culture yeah and there's there's other examples too like the the katoy you were talking about how dr inton um did research on the katoy this is off the show but uh, can you talk more about that yeah and i think um between the bakla and the the katoy like the katoy are more like identified with being trans as opposed to being just like gay men and like but at, at the same time like the way that they are portrayed is kind of similar in the way that they're often like portrayed as they work in the fashion industry and they're like um their position in society is not as great as it used to be yeah and it's i I think it's really interesting seeing throughout the world but specifically in southeast asia how these third gender categories of people exist but in their own cultural context because it just shows it, it just attests to the fact that lgbt people are everywhere and will always be everywhere and it shows how different cultures have adapted and fit them into their own societal understanding of the world and people. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. But like moving forward from this kind of like colonial like like how can we like decolonize this kind of approach to how we talk about this? Like I I know that Dr. Anton is like a big proponent of using like using these methods and like 
analyzing the terminology of these kinds of um like these kinds of identities and these groups of people and kind of like breaking it from the colonization and like the history of it yeah so we just have to do we just have to do more research into uh cultural context because yeah. what we in the west or in america think about when we think of trans or non-binary that is that is specific to how we view it in our culture but yeah. trying to translate other cultures understandings of these people it doesn't always it doesn't always work very well or very accurately yeah as in like but at the same time we can like recognize that there's patterns in this and there's like, there's a lot to learn from what these cultures like across asia they all have something in common with this when it comes to this yeah like how how thailand like the is way that, known like, for like fleet week and you know lady boys i don't know if i'm not supposed to use that if there's a local yeah, term the, yeah basically just like all of those terms that they uh, that they assign to the katoi like um over there and like all of those are like um english inventions and they it's a product of colonization so yeah so how do we go about decolonizing our understanding of these concepts and other cultures so I think like um just we could start by acknowledging that like third genders like the like the binary is not universal and there's like these like these concepts, these cultural uh like these identities that like that lie outside of that system have existed for in other cultures for years for many many years and uh i think when we look at how their the history of their identities across these cultures i think we could recognize patterns and we could build from there uh yeah, that's great. Um, that's all the time we have for now. I'm Bong. This is Veda. This is the Anthropology Podcast.